0: Grace Family Church of Rhode Island presents
1: Word of Hope, a sermon series with Pastor Luciano Cozzi.
0: Who do you think prepared the Last Supper? Bread it's easy enough. It's flour, water, a little salt. Herbs, if you want more flavor. Normally you'd add yeast, but not at Passover. No, at Passover we cannot wait for the bread to rise. Our deliverance from Pharaoh is at hand. So the story goes. Passover is always the same. We eat the bread, we drink the wine. There's lamb, bitter herbs. We remember our deliverance, and our coming deliverance. Next year in Jerusalem, we always say, Messiah will come. It's always the same. But sometimes it it seems so far away, so complicated. But this year, things were well. Two men followed our servant home from fetching water. They were wanting a place to celebrate Passover with their rabbi, and my husband and I, we had an extra room. So I baked the unleavened bread, and I delivered it when they arrived. The rabbi graciously introduced himself, and a horde of 12 men followed him into our upper room. Heard about this rabbi. Wild tales of healing blind men. Raising the dead. Walking on water. So naturally, I stood outside the, the door and I peeked around the corner. And that is when he turned it all upside down. You see, The person who sits at the head of the table isn't supposed to get up and wash other people's feet. But this rabbi, he was moving from man to man, washing each of their dirty feet. Well, I pulled back before I was seen, but still, I listened. I stayed and listened. His words were sure, kind, but, but like fire, like no rabbi I'd ever heard. If you see me, then you see the father, he said. He also said that he would be broken for them. He talked of the new covenant and being children rather than orphans. And as the bread was passed, the unleavened bread of deliverance, he said, I am the living bread. Living bread. What could we have understood about that at the time? A new covenant was coming, and our deliverance was at our doorstep. Little did we know that our entire world was about to be turned upside down.
1: Well, brethren, today's message is not an easy one. The topic was controversial and offensive in the days of Jesus. And in many ways, it continues to be so even today. And it was all about a seemingly cryptic statement that Jesus made, that we have to eat his flesh and drink his blood. Sounds very strange. Sounds quite cryptic. And taken out of context, this makes no sense whatsoever. But once we understand it, it calls us to participate in the very nature of God and to live in Him. And it is important, because as Jesus Himself stated, our eternal life actually depends on it. But let's read about it in John chapter 6, beginning with verse 51. I am the living bread that came down out of heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread also which I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Then the Jews began to argue with one another, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of a son of man and drink his blood, you have no life in yourselves. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As a living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who eats me he also will live because of me. This is the bread which came down out of heaven, not as the fathers ate and died. He who eats this bread will live forever. I I don't need to tell you that these statements can sound quite difficult to understand, and I don't need to tell you that, Scholars have argued and debated about the meaning of these for a long time. Jesus' words have been hard to understand from the beginning. And, in fact, they caused quite a reaction in the Jews. Notice verse 52. Then the Jews began to argue with one another, saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? You see, the Jews could not grasp what he stated its meaning, because they looked at it literally, physically, and found these statements not just preposterous, but offensive. In fact, it was at that time that many people stopped following Jesus after these comments, after they heard this, and after probably they heard the discussion, the arguments between the Jews. But what did Jesus really say? What did it mean? First, to understand it, first we need to look at the background. And we find the background in verses 47 to 50 of the same chapter. Truly, truly I say to you, he who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread which comes down out of heaven so that that one may eat of it and not die. So, we must start from a context of what he was stating. And the context is given in reference to the Israelites in the wilderness at the time of the Exodus, when God provided for them by giving them manna to eat, also referred to as the bread from heaven. However, manna was only a symbol It was a type of God's ultimate provision for our spiritual and eternal life. Those people back in those days who ate the manna died. It was only a symbol. However, those who partake of the spiritual bread from heaven, the reality that was symbolized by the manna, Jesus made it clear they will not die. Now, to fully understand these statements, we also need to understand the way that Scriptures uses the action of eating as an imagery, meaning sometimes it's used as a metaphor, sometimes as a parable, but it is used as imagery to point to an important spiritual meaning that goes beyond the act itself. In the Bible, there are more than 700 references to eating, and so it, it, it makes it makes that action a primary image, rich with meaning in Scripture. It is a constant reminder of the need of our physical existence in the world. We exist physically, we, we have a physical body, and the body needs to be nourished. And so we are, by the, the fact that we need to eat, and we need to eat constantly and regularly, we're constantly reminded that we need sustenance and so the image of sustenance is now applied to the the action of eating. It, it is by eating that we sustain our physical life. It, also, it is also used for as an image of durability because eating prolongs life but also vulnerability because it, it, it is something that we need to do regularly, continuously, but there is no assurance that we can continue to do so. So that leads us to another image, the image of God's provision for us. God providing for what we need in order for us to be nourished. It reminds us of our total dependence on God, as it did for the Israelites in the desert who had no food to eat and the God provided the manna so that they were completely, totally dependent on God and what God provided. And as is written in Deuteronomy chapter 29 God provided that and did that, that they may know that I am the Lord your God he said. So the purpose of that provision was to teach the Israelites that God was their Lord, their God. Now another aspect of the image of eating is the social meaning of a shared meal. The meaning was one of mutual fellowship and trust. In fact, even in the country where I'm coming from, from in Italy, sometimes when I was a, a, a young man, the, the statement would be used, I have never eaten with you, to mean I have nothing to do with you. I don't have a connection with you. And, and that underlines the strong meaning, the strong social meaning of eating together in that fellowship, in that trust that is shared in that meal. The symbolic and metaphorical meaning is also very rich in Scripture. The first sin that was recorded in Scripture was actually an act of eating from a forbidden tree. Assimilating religious knowledge and growing from that knowledge is is compared in Scripture to eating. Paul, as you may remember, fed immature Christians with the milk because, with spiritual milk, because they were not yet ready to be weaned to solid food. God's faithful shepherds in Scripture are reported as feeding His people with knowledge and understanding, while the absence of hearing of the Word of God is compared in Scripture to a famine, a famine in the land. Ultimately, to eat is to participate in God's salvation in Christ. Jesus is presented as the bread of life. We are absolutely dependent on Him for eternal life. Just as the Israelites depended on the manna for their physical survival. We completely and absolutely depend on Jesus Christ for our spiritual survival, for our eternal life. And just as physically eating is a symbol of God's provision, so it is spiritually, as it symbolizes our dependence on the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. He is our spiritual nourishment, our sustenance, <clears throat> our sorts of sorts of life god's provision for true and everlasting life that is actually impossible without him but let's understand exactly what jesus said and what he meant knowing this background we should now be able to understand it verse 51 i am the living bread that came out down out of heaven if anyone eats of this bread He will live forever, and the bread also which I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Looking at this from a perspective of scriptural imagery, we understand that to mean that Jesus Christ is a fulfillment of the symbol of a man. He is the true bread from heaven. And partaking of him means to be at one with him, to participate not just in what he does, but also in who he is. Our calling is not a calling to just a new behavior or a different behavior, but to a new life, a new birth, a new identity. And it is all found in Him, in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Just as we depend on physical bread for our physical life, so we depend on Jesus Christ for our spiritual life. But brethren, Just looking at a loaf of bread would hardly satisfy our hunger, wouldn't it? Can you imagine being at the table hungry and there is a loaf of bread before you and you just look at the loaf of bread expecting for that to satisfy your hunger. It doesn't work that way, does it? We actually need to partake of it. We need to eat that bread to regain our energies and to continue to live. Likewise, merely knowing about Jesus will now satisfy our spiritual ha- hunger. Only a person, a personal communion with Him will satisfy that. It is a matter of existence. We either exist in Him or we are spiritually dead. For He is the very source of our life and our Redeemer. So it is a calling to participate in His life, in His nature, in His love, in His ministry. And then, when all is said and done, to participate in His very kingdom as well. Now the Jews did not understand. They did not understand because they only looked at the physical. So brethren, let us not make the same mistake As we look at these words and understand these words, let us not just look at what might be a physical meaning of what Jesus said, because it won't make any sense. We need to understand that in terms of imagery, and we need to understand it in the way that it was intended. Let's look now at verses 53 to 55. So Jesus said to them, Truly, Truly I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in yourselves. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day, for my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Now it is not difficult to understand the reference to the cross here. Jesus was going to be crucified, he knew that. And eventually He will give His flesh and pour His blood for us, for our redemption, for our salvation. But what does it mean, that strange statement, what does it mean that we have to eat of it? Once again, we must look at it, not physically, but spiritually. And the imagery then will will make sense. To eat of it, to partake of it, means first of all to believe that the sacrifice of Jesus Christ was for our salvation. He is our Savior. He is Messiah. But belief alone is not enough. The imagery of eating goes further and it points us to a deep, a profound fellowship and to our ultimate and absolute dependence on Jesus Christ, the Son of God. His sacrifice was for us. The reason we even have a chance at eternal life, it's in Him. He is our life. And we can only live in Him who is the source of all life. Just as physically we depend on bread, and the Israelites learned through the experience of the, in the wilderness of the manna, the manna that was given for their very survival. So spiritually, in a similar way, spiritually, we can only survive in Jesus Christ. And that is made possible by His sacrifice. His body and blood offered for us on the cross. To partake of the cross, then, means to die to ourselves in order to be alive in Christ. He is indeed our true sustenance. It is in Him that we find our very being because He is all in all. Verse 56, He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. Notice that Jesus was not talking about physical symbols here not even the symbol of the Eucharist or, or communion as it's generally called. He was talking about what is defined as co our mutual indwelling in one another. We in Him, He in us. It is an image of profound fellowship. He is the very essence of our being and He goes much, much further than just a mere act. Verse 57, As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who eats me, he also will live because of me. If, if that is not quite clear enough as yet, Jesus added an additional point to his statement that should make it clear. And the point is that we are to abide in Christ and live in Him as He abides in the Father and lives in the Father. It is a oneness that transcends our mere actions. It involves who we really are at the core. Jesus Christ lives in the Father, the Father lives in Him. He was totally dependent on the Father. Similarly, we live in Jesus Christ. And Christ lives in us, and we're also totally dependent on Him. So to eat Him means to fully accept and actually live this reality, to find our sustenance and our very being in Him. Verse 58, This, this is the bread which came down out of heaven, not as the fathers ate and died, he who eats this bread will live forever. And that is what the manna in the wilderness at the time of the Exodus pointed to. He it pointed, he pointed to Messiah, the true bread from heaven. You see, Messiah is the bread from heaven. And similarly, the, the way the, the manna kept the Israelites physically alive, similar to that, jesus through his incarnation through his sacrificial living through his dying and his resurrection back to life jesus is the very source of our being and the very source of our sustenance he is indeed our life he is the true bread from heaven however while the manna was only a symbol in temporary Jesus Christ is a reality, and He is forever. In Him, we have life eternal. We have blessings, purpose, and so, so much more. So the question remains. Now that we understand these statements a little better, we need to ask ourselves, how real is Jesus in our lives? Is He our true sustenance? Is our relationship with Him empowered by the Holy Spirit or just a head knowledge? Are we just looking at the bread from heaven and not partaking of it? Are we truly dead to our passions and and to our wants to be alive in Him? Do we actually thirst and hunger for His presence in our life? You see, it is not a matter of doing more or less as much as it is a matter of being. And it is important. For Jesus himself stated that our eternal life depends on that. So brethren, if you are uncertain about it, if you're not quite sure about it, if you have questions or doubts on this regard, whether your life is truly in Christ, and whether you find your very being in Him, whether you hunger and thirst for His presence in, in, in your life, whether your relationship with Him is truly empowered by the Holy Spirit or, or just a head knowledge. If you have doubts or questions, please contact us, because we are here to help. But let us be truly children of God. Let us be who we are, who we are declared to be in Christ, because He indeed is our source of life. He is all in all. He is the very core of our being. God bless you.
0: Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is.
2: No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him, but has revealed it to us by His Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. stone this solid ground firm through the fiercest round and storm what heights of love what depths of peace when fears are stilled when striving cease my comforter my all in all Of Christ I stand. In Christ alone, who took on flesh, filled this with pride and helpless pain. This gift of love and righteousness was born by the ones he came to save. Him on that cross as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied. For every sin on Him was laid, here in the death of Christ. By darkness slain, in bursting form, in glorious day, up from the grave he rose again, and as he stands in victory, since Christ has lost its grip on Precious blood of Christ My destiny No power of hell No scheme of man Can ever pluck me from his hands Till no he returns or calls me home Here in the power of Christ i stand Keep, O Lord, your Household, the Church, in your steadfast faith and love, that through your grace we may proclaim your truth with boldness and minister your justice with compassion for the sake of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and
0: reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever.
2: Amen. Amen.